Welcome to Raising the Standard, the radio and podcast ministry for the Richmond House of Prayer. We pray the music and the message will be a blessing to you today. Against my soul, the dark clouds seem to hide your precious face. But I'm resting in the promise you've got all things in control. Though I be cast down, you send sufficient praise. Though I be cast down, you send sufficient praise. Well, he's never failed me. Say it with me, church, like you mean it. He's never Nobody greater, 
searched all over. Well, I searched all over. Come on, tell me. Couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, but I still couldn't find nobody. Oh, nobody greater. Nobody greater. There's nobody greater than you. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody can save me like you do. There's nobody greater. Nobody can hold me like you do. Nobody can heal me like you do. There's nobody greater. Nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Let's lift just the voices and sing, I searched all over. Well, I searched all over. Couldn't find nobody. Come on, sing it. I looked high and low. Still couldn't find nobody. Let's sing. I searched all over. I searched all over. Couldn't find nobody. Sing it, young people. I looked high and low. Still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. Something happens when we're in one mind and one accord, lifting up the name of Jesus. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. Just lift your hands and close your eyes. Sing to the Lord. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater.
himself to be so large but I searched all over <laughs> I looked high and I looked low and I couldn't find anybody nobody greater can you say amen so I will bless the Lord how many can say that I will bless the Lord the psalmist said I will bless the Lord at all times say that with me at all times I will bless the Lord and his praise will continually be in my mouth. Why? Because I searched all over. Couldn't find nobody greater. Amen. How many's glad that you know him who's above all? Come on, Jesus said he's above all and he's in you all. Praise God. You ought to praise him. He's God. Amen. And he's the God of heaven. He lives in us and what a mighty, mighty God. That was great worship. Praise God. I tell you, I just felt like we was just going to go off into another zone or something to another level I don't know about you but no wonder David said I was glad when they said to me let us go into the house of the Lord And he, he would say things like I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked in one place he said one day in God's house is better than a thousand and he didn't end that statement he just let it go better than a thousand you fill in the blanks Anywhere, any place else, anything else, one day. How many glad you found yourself in the presence of God one time? Amen. Because in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. Amen. Amen. I don't understand Christians look like they've been weaned on a dill pickle. You know what I'm saying? They got an old sour look, and they're angry all the time. They don't like anybody. I, you know, I've met Christian. I've met preachers that don't like themselves. They don't like anybody. And, uh, but I'm so glad that I love God and I love his people. How many knows if you've been born again, if you've been begotten, you'll love him also that's been begotten? Let me translate that in modern English. If you got saved, you're going to love other people that's been saved. Amen. And so we thank the Lord for you. It's good to be here on a Wednesday night. Amen. And uh, can I just haul off and say this? I feel like preaching tonight. I, I just feel like preaching tonight because I, you know, I came in here and and I said, Lord, I've got this word in my spirit. And Nick just kind of jumped all in my message with his songs. And so I said, I'm just ready to go. Amen. Let's just, let's just let God have his way tonight. And uh, we want you to just be blessed. Well, we had a great, 
past this past weekend. We had men's conference Friday night and Saturday, and then Sunday morning I, I got to come in and preach at the nine o'clock service, and then Brother Ely was uh, stayed over from the men's conference, and Dr. Ely he preached uh, the eleven o'clock service, and uh, I told him when it was over. I said, when I grow up, I want to be like you. Amen. He's he's about a year older than me, and uh, we appreciate Brother Maisel Ely. We've been friends. A long, long time. You'll get a kick out of this, Nick. We was all in Nashville one time for a worldwide missionary evangelism conference. And uh, there were preachers there from all over the place, from all over the country and all over the world. It was a great conference. And so while we were in Nashville, we had an afternoon off, and we all just, a bunch of us kind of ended up down at the, at the what is it, the Opry Mills uh, Mall, Opryland Mall or something like that. It's a big old mall. Those, those women were shopping. And Maisel and I were walking around. We found ourselves in a music store. And they, they actually made guitars in there and sold them and other acoustic instruments. And, and uh, of course, Maisel had a great voice, and I can kind of sing along with about anybody. And uh, so we found us a couple of guitars, and we started playing in that music store. They didn't care. We started singing gospel music, just old hymnal stuff, just old-time gospel music. And directly some other guy walked in, picked up an acoustic bass, and another one grabbed a banjo, and another one got, man, we had a five-piece band going. And we were singing, and the glory came down, and people were coming out of the mall and coming in that music store, and the store owner was loving it, you know, because he was bringing in customers, I guess. But God moved in that place, in that mall that day, and that was one of the best times I remember and uh, I still couldn't play any better than I did, but I had so much fun. Amen. But uh, the Lord blessed us. And uh, so God's doing good things. Amen. We are just giving him glory for all that he's done. Uh, I don't want you to forget this coming weekend, of course. We'll be having service Sunday morning at 9 and 11. I don't think we've got anything extra going on this weekend that I know of. So much stuff happens right here. I can't keep up. But we are having Sunday morning services. We want you to come out. Invite somebody out. Sunday morning, the place was packed in the, in the 11 o'clock service. We had a good crowd in the 9 o'clock service. And so I'm expecting the way things are going. I've, people are calling me saying, man, like, we watched your live stream Sunday. And one guy said, you people were having altar call before you ever preached. I said, and? <laughs> I said, where does it say we have to preach before God can move? Amen. Come on, give God a hand, would you? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, amen. The Lord's just doing great things. Let me believe that. I was driving to Lexington today over to the hospital, man, Sister Moody. And I was on the phone we were with, with Brother Clyde and from Virginia. You all know what they've been through. The flood just kind of wiped out everything. And Clyde was just kind of relating to me how God had kind of turned things around, you know, just some things that he was moving in. And we were riding along, and all of a sudden, I heard the Holy Spirit say, tell him that everything the enemy meant for harm, I'm going to turn it to his good. And I just gave him that word. He's on the speakerphone. The next thing you know, he's off speaking in another language, him and Sister Moody. They're out and having a jubilee, and I'm trying to keep the car on the road. And we're, <laughs> we're just we're having a great time. God's just moving. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. So we appreciate you. Is your heart clear? Has anybody got anything on your heart you want to say tonight before we preach? Amen. Anything to announce? Have I forgot anything? Amen. Brian's been doing jail ministry. We want to keep remember that in prayer. The Lord just move and use him there in a great way. He was talking about a fellow that, that we both know that's up there now and just want God to move and, and turn his life around. So many people's lives are being crippled 
by the flesh. You thought I was going to say drugs. I'm just going to go ahead and call it the flesh because that's what it is. And uh, so there's so many of them that need deliverance and need help. Let's be much in prayer for them. Amen. Amen. He's already won the victory. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, fighting for that place of victory. How many knows God's got a place of victory for you? You ought to raise your hand and say, I'll take it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to walk right out of this valley and lift my hands and praise the Lord. I ain't going to let old Satan get me down. That song was written probably 50 years ago or longer. And the two sisters that were they sang and preached. They traveled, and they were out in the community and uh, uh, preaching in a little church. And somebody, you know, they'd had church that night. God had moved, and they came out of the church, was out in the parking lot, and somebody pulled in and told one of those sisters that her son had just got killed in a car wreck not far from there. And they said that she just sat down on the ground, and people were just kind of gathered around her, and all of a sudden, that song came to her, and she wrote it. She started singing it. She wrote it down later. They said, what are you going to do? She said, I'm going to walk right out of this valley, lift my hands, and praise the Lord. I ain't going to let old Satan get me down. Why should I sit here till I die? Heaven's waiting up a little bit higher. I'm going to walk right out of this valley with my Lord. Come on, that's God. Can you say amen? Amen, amen. Praise God. Leon Petrie was, uh, or Arlie Petrie rather, was, was dying with cancer. They gave him up for dead. And uh, he was laying in the bed, just uh, in the hospital, had been there for, weeks and they just said it was over and finally he got a hold of God and he was weak and he told somebody said give me a pencil and a piece of paper and he wrote down these words when you have trouble and things go wrong don't fear the battle it won't last too long and don't doubt Jesus he knows all your cares hold on till he answers hold on he'll be there and he wrote that song came out of there and he was healed and lived for many many years after that Come on, somebody, that's the kind of God. Somebody needs to hear me tonight. We're, we're fighting with a great Savior against the enemy. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Come on. Yeah. Woo. Turn it off. Yeah. Next day, they... Turned that around, brought her out of that coma, and she lived. Amen. Amen. I just prayed that over Jessica today. I said, Lord, let her live and not die. Let her declare the goodness of God. You know, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, your Bible said there was a day when more people came to see Lazarus than came to see Jesus because they wanted to see a man that got up from the dead. Amen. What a testimony. All right, if you have your Bibles tonight, let's go over to the book of 2 Corinthians and... Uh, I guess I'll preach a while. I don't know. I, I, I'm feeling it. Amen. I'm enjoying these testimonies. Look at somebody and say, God is good. Now tell them he's better than we deserve. Amen. I mean, can say amen to that. He's so good to us. I want to read a little bit of what Paul was saying to the church at Corinth. You've got to understand when Paul planted this church and he wrote his first epistle back to the church at Corinth. It was Corinth was a wicked place, a wicked city. There was a lot of things that was going on, a lot of confusion, 
A lot of people try to take what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians and kind of set the standard for the whole church, you know. I mean, that's what I'm talking about, let women keep silent in church and all of that. And they, they, they really try to take that to, to, to try to hold sway over everybody. But the church at Corinth was a mess. There was a lot of fighting going on in the church. There was People were speaking in tongues and, and moving in gifts of the Spirit and living like the devil. And they were just awful. There was a man committing adultery with his, one of his father's wives right in the church. That's in the Bible. Amen. And so Paul wrote him that First Corinthians letter to straighten them out. But then he wrote Second Corinthians to commend them because they got it fixed. They got the church was going good. But also, how I many knows even when church is going good, how I many just say sometimes we need some instruction. Sometimes we need a little can I say it this way? We need a little tweaking every now and then. Just tune, tuned up just a little bit. Amen. So this is what Paul is doing, and uh, I, I, he, he wishes here for no cause to have to come to him and, and be strong, you know, with his spiritual authority. He said, I want you all to just be flowing in this, but i got to straighten you out, amen. Now, I'm not going to try to straighten anybody out tonight, but he says something in the middle of this that God touched my heart with, and I'm just going to deal with that for a little bit. I think it will be good. Let's, let, let's just let's get right into it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he said, Now I, Paul, beseech uh, myself, beseech you, plead with you. That's what beseech means. By the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am based among you, talking about itself, when I'm with you, I'm just I'm humble and I, I t- treat you gently. And being absent, I'm bold towards you. I'm speaking out. But I beseech you here again, I plead with you, that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I, I think to be bold. In other words, I sometimes I just want to, you know, just let you have it. Against some which think of us, they're talking about us, as if we walked according to the flesh because of his, how he was sometimes harsh and sometimes gentle. I just accused him of walking in the flesh. He said, for though we walk in the flesh, watch this, we do not war after the flesh, amen? For our weapons, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshly, but they're mighty through God pulling down strongholds. Listen to verse 5. This is, I think, maybe one of my favorite verses that Paul wrote. He said, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I want to read that again. Casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Let me ask you this. How many know that you know that you know that you're saved? Just kind of wave at me. You know it. Look at somebody and say, praise God, I know it. Hallelujah. Testify a little bit. But every now and then, the enemy comes with imaginations, with thoughts, with something pulling at you, trying to move you off of that place that God has raised you up to. But he said, I want to say this. The weapons that we use to fight with, they're powerful. Amen? And he said they, they pull down the strongholds that the enemy tries to set up, and they cast down the imaginations 
and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity every thought of obedience into, into every thought into the obedience of Christ. I want to tell you that there's been many times that the enemy was, you know, not just against me, but against my people, against my church, against my flock, against people that I go to the hospitals to see. I'll never forget one time I walked into a hospital room and some people had asked me to go see this man and they didn't know what was going on. They just said, it seemed like the family all of a sudden was falling apart and I, and I had no idea what was going on. Nobody told me anything. They said, will you go pray for him? And I said, I will. They said, he's really sick and he's in the hospital and I, I, you know, they, they said, they can't even find out what's wrong with him, but he's sick enough to die. And I walked into the hospital not knowing what to expect and when I walked in, I just walked in and said, hey, how you doing? I'm Pastor Moody. And immediately, a demon manifested, and his eyes rolled up in his head, and all you could see was the whites of his eyes. We call that hiding. And this, this demon spirit starts speaking out of this man. And in a moment's time, you know, if you've never had that happen, I'm going to tell you a couple of things happen. First of all, when a demon manifests, I've heard people say, bless God. Usually there's a spirit of fear that rises up in your face, and you have to deal with that first. And you get that out of the way, and then you deal with that spirit. And standing there that day, I realized this man's a father. This man's a husband. This man has been, a, as far as I know, a good man. And now he's been overtaken by something that's pulled him down from the place that God had him. Are you all with me? I'm going to just talk to you for a little bit tonight on this thought. This is how I fight my battles. We sing that chorus. Isn't it good? I'm just going to preach about it. This is how. I fight my battles. I want to tell you, we've got weapons tonight. We've got weapons that are more powerful than anything you could ever imagine. And you think the devil's got stuff? I want you to look at somebody and say, this is how I fight my battles. I'm about to learn about some weapons tonight. Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness, your grace. We thank you for the worship tonight. I could have just sang all night. It was just feeling so good. But this word is in my spirit, and I want you to reach down, and we want to pull down some strongholds. We want to cast down some imaginations. We want to beat some devils up tonight and walk out of here with victory in the name of Jesus, in a place of victory, as Brother Brian said. What a word. The victory is won. We just got to find ourselves in the place of our victory. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You can be seated. Praise God. Now, I want to say this. I, I, I said this a moment ago, but I want to say it again. Every Christian faces battles. Jesus said as long as you're in the world, you're going to have trouble. There's going to be battles. There's going to be tribulation. There's going to be attacks. Isaiah said in Isaiah 59, he said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God raises up a standard. That's a tribal marker, a flag. And that flag is the blood-stained banner of Jesus. Can you say amen? And when the enemy comes in against us, Holy Spirit raises up a marker, and God literally sends angels to our defense. You, you might say, I don't understand that. Just believe it. It's real. It's Scripture. Can you say amen? So there are battles that we face. They're inescapable. And even if you're not a fighter by nature, you may be a pacifist. You may be somebody that's mild-mannered and and, uh, you know, you don't think there's any fight in you. But I'm telling you that the Scripture said that the Holy Spirit in us, he lusts against the flesh, 
He rises against the flesh is what that means. And, and when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Holy Spirit rises up in you. You may not be a fighter. Are you ready? But he's going to get you ready for the fight. Amen. Because that devil needs to be fought. Can you say amen? And uh, so you'll find yourself in battles from time to time. This is true because we're so often attacked. And uh, I've had, you know, I, I get over the years, I guess I've had, you know, 40 plus years of ministry. I've had thousands of phone calls. People calling me and, and in a state that, Pastor, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happened. What am I doing wrong? And I usually just grin a little bit and say, nothing. You're doing good because that's why you're getting attacked. Amen. And so the enemy comes in to attack us because God has a plan for us. Oh, I want you all to help me. I'm going to preach a little bit tonight. I feel something coming on. Amen. I want to tell you that we have an enemy. Now, if we stick our head in the sand like an ostrich, the only thing that's exposed is, I'll just keep going. Amen. Uh, we have an enemy, and he's very formidable. Can you say amen? Listen to what Jesus said. Very familiar scripture, John 10 and 10. How many can quote it? He said this. He said, the thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. How many knows he ain't playing? He's out to get you. He's out to get your stuff. He's out to get your marriage. He's out to get your children. Come on. He's out to get your family. If the devil can pull you into some kind of mess and blind you in the, for a few moments and cause you to give into the flesh, you can't see uh, the repercussions and, and the, can I say it, the, the ripple effect of falling down when the enemy comes against you. There's family, there's kids, there's generations to come that are going to be affected by what happens. He said he comes not but for to kill, steal, and destroy. But how many knows that in the same breath, he said, but I am coming that you can have life and have it more abundantly. Uh, I don't care what the enemy says. God's got something greater. Go ahead and give him praise if you would. Now, I believe that God spoke to my heart in all of the oddest places. I was sitting in the bank yesterday morning talking to a, to a financial advisor, talking to a banker about some decisions. We were just kind of kicking around. And right in the middle of this, while he's talking about the economy and, you know, what's happened and what's going to happen, and he's trying to paint this flowery picture, you know. You know he's, he's, he's like a used car salesman trying to tell me it's the best car I've ever seen. I need it. And it's got a rod knocking in it. Can you say amen? <laughs> That's just how I am. And I'm sitting there, and, and right in the middle of that, I heard in my spirit reality. Always be able to recognize reality. Realize that no matter how smooth the sailing may be now, there could be a storm that rises up in any moment. It happened to the disciples. Jesus was asleep in the hinder part of the, of the boat. Everything, Matt was fine. The sea was smooth. It was a nice little trip across the sea. And then all of a sudden, they're back there waking him up. Don't you care that we perish? The boat's filling up with water. This thing's about to go down. It can't go down. Well, what do you mean it can't go down? He didn't say this. I say him this. It can't go down because John's on there. He's got to write the Gospel of John. He's got to write three epistles and the Revelation. Hello? <laughs> Come on. How many knows God has a plan? The enemy might. 
The enemy might tell you you ain't going to make it, but Peter's on there. Sure, in a few days, he'll be cussing and saying, I don't know him, but he's got to write two epistles, can you say amen? He's got to be over there at Simon at the Tanner's house, and Cornelius is going to send for him, and he's just fresh out of the upper room filled with the Holy Ghost, and he's going to open the gospel to the Gentiles and bring us in. Can you? I said that boat can't go down while they're, while they're on board. Jesus said, why are you afraid? Peace be still. And all of a sudden, there's just a calm. Some of you right now, the boat's rocking. It's filling up with water. The enemy's saying you're going down. He's pulled out his big guns. He's hit you below the belt. He's fighting dirty. Are you? Can you say amen? Uh, on my phone, I get these little clips, show videos sometimes. I don't know why they're on there, but they show up. And, and I don't know, for some reason, every now and then, I see videos of, of boxing. And uh, I was just today, just a little, I'm getting ready to preach this tonight, and there's just a little, a little uh, a short clip, and it's Mike Tyson back in the day. Now, I didn't like Mike Tyson. He tried to bite Evander's ear off, can you say amen? But the guy could fight, and he's fighting this guy, and this guy's kind of got him in trouble. And the announcers are saying, oh, it looks like he's unstable. It looks like he, you know, he, he's, he's not going to make it. And all of a sudden, they kind of roll over into a corner, and with a left hand, Mike Tyson puts this guy to sleep on the on the canvas, can you say amen? And, and, and I thought just like that. That's how God is sometimes. The enemy's got us backed up in the corner. Can you say amen? And he's saying, I'm going to take your belt away from you. I'm going to take you down, amen. But I'm here to tell you the Holy Ghost can rise up in you and you can deliver a, bow, a blow that the enemy didn't see coming. Are you hearing me? This is how I fight my battles. I want to shout it, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Can I tell you the knowledge of God, amen, fills our hearts and his glory is like it covers the earth. God's got a plan. Come on, somebody. This He wants you to win. Amen. In this battle that you're in. Give him praise if you would. Now, we're in a place where we need to face reality. The dilemmas that we're facing now in our world, in our, in our society. Yeah, but there, there's economic things to be concerned about. There are political things to be concerned about. I'm still, not, I'm still not done praying for the Ukraine. Can I get a witness? I'm still praying for brothers and sisters in the Ukraine who the communists have tried to destroy, but they're still praising God. Come on, they're still having church. Can you say amen? They're still serving the Lord. And so there are questions that I believe that are, that are looming large in our minds sometimes. And, you know, we're looking around and saying, God, what's going on right now? Why, why is this happening? I, I'm thinking about the prophecies that were given in 2020. Early in the year, there were some prophecies that came out. And, uh, you know, of how things were going. And some people were saying, man, everything's going to be great. And, uh, and I thought about Kent Christmas stood up down, in, uh, down there in his, his church in, is it Nashville? Uh, it's in Nashville. And some people, when you say Kent Christmas, they get tore up. So if I'm on Facebook and you hear me, I did say Kent Christmas. Just get over yourself. Amen. Because the man stood up early in 2020 and said, this is the word of the Lord. And he started prophesying. And he said, God said something's going to shake this nation. And he said, all the ball uh, uh, tournaments are going to be canceled. And the stadiums are going to shut down. And then there's, are y'all with me? You remember he did that? He prophesied all of that stuff. And people looked at me like, you crazy, son. What have you been smoking? And when COVID hit, 
It wasn't no time till they were canceling the NCAA tournaments and they were canceling all the, the football games in the stadiums and the base. Are y'all remembering this? And, uh, and, and, and so we're, we're standing here now and there's other prophecies that have been given about a turnaround and about an end time revival. And I'm believing God for it. Can you say amen? And uh, I've had, speak, had people to speak words over me, words of, you know, of, of prosperity and what God is doing. And just because God gave you a word doesn't mean that the enemy's going to go somewhere and cringe back in the corner. Can you say amen? I love the way you're shouting now. Uh, somebody give me a word. You better be careful because I'm here to tell you that sometimes a real word from God will rock your boat. It'll mess you up. Can you say amen? Because you'll feel like everything's going to be all right and then hell will unleash its fury against you and that's when you've got to stand up and say, but wait a minute. This is how I fight my battles. I'm depending on the word of the Lord, my weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty. And they pull down strongholds. Hallelujah. So all of a sudden we see these things and these questions. What's going on? What about the prophecies? What will be their fulfillment? What do we do in the context of walking by faith? When can we and when ought we to choose our, we, you know, learn how to choose our fights? And, and, and I believe when we can, we should. And I believe, amen, that when we can't choose our fights, when they just come against us, amen, we ought to know how to choose our weapons. I want to say that again. Sometimes, you know, you need to know when to choose your fights, what front you're going to attack on, what God's led you to. But sometimes desperation comes because the enemy comes in like a flood and all of a sudden you're standing there looking and it looks like everything's going to fall apart, Brother Brian. It looks like you're going to be defeated. So what do you do then? Do you choose your weapons wisely? So many times the, the enemy gains advantage of us because we make unwise choices in bad situations. Everybody listen to me. I'm going I'm to try to help you right here if I can. And uh, we, you know, we, we, we're in a bad situation and, and we make unwise choices. We have a tendency to fight back with the very things that we're attacked with. Can you say amen? Somebody slashes out at us and, and we lash back. Somebody speaks harsh words against us and we speak harsh words. Can you say amen? Uh, somebody does something to us, we want to retaliate. Amen. We want to get angry and all such stuff as that. The enemy comes along, he's trying to pull us into something and if we're not careful, we'll give in to that, to that, to that drawing. Well, everybody else is doing it. Doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life. Somebody help me. I think Jesus said that. I know he did. And broad is the, is the gate and wide is the way that leads to destruction. Amen. I used to tell my kids growing up, a lot of times they'd say, but dad, everybody's doing this. And i say, everybody's going to hell. Most of them. You might say, that's not popular. It ain't popular, but it's right. Are you with? We have to choose our weapons. There's not a battle that you cannot win. I want to say that again. There is not one battle that you can't win. There's no excuse for defeat in the army of God. The only thing that makes the difference is if you listen to God's battle plan and you choose the right weapons and you let the Holy Spirit guide you, you will win every battle. Hallelujah. Does anybody believe that? Now, the majority of the Corinthian believers had accepted Paul as their apostle, their bishop. They'd accepted his authority. Yet there was a segment of them there, you know. It's, it's amazing. 
you, you can be pastor in a church and uh, everything going great, people getting saved, God healing people, miracles happening. And I guarantee you somebody will throw a wrench in the works. There, there'll be somebody that don't like it, they'll raise a stink about it. Y'all with me? And they'll, they'll start causing problems. And uh, I've always tried to understand that over the years. I mean, some people would complain about anything. I'm trying to think of a good example. I can't think of one, but you know what I'm talking about. People try, they, they get upset over little and nothing when God is doing great things. And at and, and one time I heard the Lord just out of the scripture, he said this to me. He said, he said take heed when everybody talks good about you. Take heed when everybody's patting you on the back. You know, if you ain't careful, you'll get puffed up. Amen. One old guy said, uh, one time he, he preached a message in a church, and he said, man, it went great. He said, man, it was good. And he said everybody was walked up, you know, and they was just patting him on the back, and they was puffing him up and telling him how great it was. And he told me this. I'll never forget. He said, there's two kinds of people in every church. I said, are they? He said, there's puffers, and then there's poppers. <laughs> And he said, they were puffing me up. And he said, before I got out the door, he said, one guy pulled me aside and laid into me and told me that was the worst mess he'd ever heard in his life. <laughs> Are you with me? And, and so they, the majority of them had accepted Paul and what he was teaching, where he was taking them. They were being influenced by false, this small group was by false ministers. Paul had to address that. And Paul was addressing this attack, this attack in our text. He was letting them and us know that he had carefully planned the battle. He said, when I was there, I nurtured you. I pulled you along. I instructed you. I loved you like a child. I, I helped you learn and grow. But he said, then when I left you that you could have been able to stand on your own. These other men have come in. And they've started saying what we did was flesh and we weren't spiritual enough. Hello? You ever heard anything like that in the church? And Paul said, I want to just tell you this. I'm going to be kind to you. But when I get there, I'm going to deal with that mess. Are you hearing me? You know why? Because he was the pastor. He was the apostle. He was the overseer. God gave him responsibility, amen, to take care of that flock. And he's not going to allow anybody to come in and scatter what God is doing. So Paul, amen, he, he already planned the battle. Listen to verse number uh, one and two of our text when, when, when I read it to you. He said, now I beseech you, brethren, by the, by the meekness and gentleness, gentleness of Christ, who am uh, in presence and base among you, but uh, now that I'm away from you and hearing this stuff, I'm getting bold. I beseech you that, I'm, that I don't have to be strong or harsh when, I, when I'm present with you with that confidence where with I think to be bold against some which think of us as according, we walked according to the flesh. You know, Paul wasn't being, you know, touchy, hurt my feelings. No, he was saying, what I'm doing is raising a church up. I've been teaching you the word of God. How many would like to stand in front of the apostle Paul and say, man, you're just full of the flesh? I think not, can you say Amen. One guy, you know, gave him a hard time while he's preaching. He ended up blind. Can you say amen? Amen before he got done. And so Paul was saying, I, you need to know, number one, how to control your reactions. 
He appeals to the meekness and gentleness of Christ and, and thus indirectly and delicately vindicating his own mildness from their objections, amen, and entreats them not to give him occasion to, to have to deal harshly with them, amen, which he had supposed and purposed to do. In other words, he was sitting there wherever he was at saying, boy, when I get there, mm, hello, you ever felt that way? But then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, no, you just handle this like I told you to. And if they don't straighten up, then I'll give you what you need when you get there. God always has a plan. In uh, John 18, 33, the scripture uh, says that Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, are you the king of the Jews? And uh, listen, his life is on the line. And Jesus said, you're saying this thing by yourself or did somebody else tell you? That's a pretty good answer, isn't it? And uh, Pilate said, am I a Jew? Your own nation. And the chief priests have delivered you unto me. And, and for what, you know, what have you done? And Jesus answered him and said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from here. Pilate therefore said unto him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered and said, You said that I am a king. To this end was I born. For this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. You hear what Jesus is saying? Let me tell you what he said. He said, yes, I'm a king. I'm not exhorting my authority yet, but I will one day. I'm coming back here and I'm taking this place over. Amen. And, and you do and I need to understand something, that there is a devil out there and he is out trying to destroy everybody he can. And this mess with drugs and this mess with immorality and this mess with politics and this mess with the, with the entertainment world and Hollywood and the rock and roll and the country music. I'll just hit them all while I'm here. There's, not, there's nothing good in any of it. All that's in the world is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. But I'm here to tell you we're saved. Can you say amen? No, you're not. Your body Woo! is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He that's in us is greater than all of that that's out there in the world. Give God praise if you would. My God, my God, I want to tell you, I'm so glad I'm saved tonight and sanctified, Holy Ghost filled and fire baptized. What's in me is greater than everything that hell has to come against me with. I've got some weapons, can you say that? Old Claude Ely wrote, ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. But he got preaching one night and there was a war going on. I, I may have been back in World War II and he, the war was going on. He got to singing big old, he's a big man. And old Claude got to singing, started singing well, sing it, shout it, walk it, talk it. There's a higher power. Lay down your soul because Jesus bought it. There's a higher power. Then he said they build them automobiles that run. There's a higher power. They fight them battles with great big guns, but there's a higher power. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. I want to tell you it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. All God needs is somebody with enough understanding to grasp the truth and say there's a God that lives in in heaven and he lives in me and he's moving. <laughs> Woo! Come on somebody, this is how I fight my battles. Amen. It's how I fight my battles. Me and Sister Moody had just got saved and this was 44 years ago, almost 45 years ago. We just got saved and Felicia was just a child. She didn't want me to let you know that she was over 40 but she is. She's pushing in on 50. Well, long, not this year, but next year. Don't tell her I said that. Oh, she's probably watching me. 
but Felicia was in the bed and she was sick. We were just young Christians and she'd run a fever. Man, we'd seen them praying for people and I got filled with the Holy Ghost. She had a fever and she was real sick and I thought she had pneumonia. Back then, pneumonia was a lot more serious problem than it is now. We were sitting in that living room. She's laying there in that bed. Man, she was lifeless. We'd go in there and we'd pray for her. I walked back in the living room, sat down. I'd get up in a few minutes, go in there and lay my hand over that head and it hot, laying there lifeless, and we'd pray again. And then every time we prayed, we got more serious. Can you say amen? And finally, after we prayed, I think about the third time we walked out there and I said, God, you've got to move. If you don't move, take that baby to the hospital. Lord, I'm, I'm believing you for healing. And after a while, I got up and she'd just been laying there with no life, you know. And we walked back in the room there. She sat up in the bed, had grabbed up two or three toys and sat there playing. I mean, just laughing, carrying on, just felt the best you ever seen. And I said, I said, my Lord, I said, what happened, baby? She said, well, you and Mama was all upset. I said, when y'all walked out of the room the last time, she said, I just looked up and said, Jesus, will you come here and take care of me? And she said this. She said, Daddy, said he walked in the room, stood by this bed, and put his hand on me. Shalom, Okotaya. I tell you, this is how I fight my battles. Glory to God, it's how I fight my battles. I got called not long, maybe a couple of years after that, had a cousin. Their baby was in the hospital in Lexington, and they'd called the family in, and they was all just, man, they were just not no life, couldn't eat. They, that baby was dying, and they thought, and I walked in that room. They'd been there days and nights, and, and the grandparents had came, and that mom and daddy had slipped out to get a bite to eat, and I came in in the, in the midst of it. You know, we didn't have no cell phones or pagers or nothing back then. And uh, I walked in the hospital room there, a little child laid in that bed just lifeless. And I walked in the room, and had them, them grandparents were sitting there, and don't nobody get mad at me if you're watching online, but they was Baptist people, and they didn't believe what I was about to do. Amen, and I just was going to say it like that. They was hoping, they was wanting God to do something, but they didn't know what I was about to do. I didn't know what I was about to do because I didn't make my mind up. I'll not embarrass them people. I'll just, I'll just pray a little nice prayer and believe God and walk out of there. And uh, I walked over to that, that child laying there in that bed, and I laid my hand on him. When I did, the Holy Ghost hit me and shook me like a rag doll. I mean, tell you, he shook me just about inside out. I lost my English. I went to praying in tongues. I laid my hand on that little fella. And my God, I, I felt heaven come in the room. And when I, I kind of gathered myself, when I got done, I looked at them. They was white as a sheet sitting there with big eyes and their mouth dropped open. They, I scared them spitless. Can you say amen? And, but I didn't care. I, 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 man, I still feel in the Lord. I walked over and, and I grabbed his hand, shook his hand. I petted on her. I said, honey, it's going to be all right. God has moved here. And they lived like this. And, and I left. And, and when I got home that night, my cousin later on called me and said, Owen, what did you do? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? I just come over there and prayed. She said, no, you did something else. I said, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset. She said, what do you mean you're sorry? She said, they said you... Said, you hadn't had time to get to the elevator. That boy hadn't eaten days. He jumped up in that bed and said, Mommy, I'm hungry. Get me something to eat. His color came back in his face. God healed us. This is how I fight my battles. Can you say me? And it's not always a, a miracle of healing. 
Sometimes it's a saving the relationship between the husband and the wife. Are you with me? Sometimes it's a financial breakthrough. Sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a job situation or, or, or a domestic problem with your family, with your siblings. And dear God, I've been in ministry so long. Brother Rob, I've seen families when mommy or daddy, the last parent, died. I've seen brothers and sisters fall out over a teapot or a gravy bowl and never speak to each other anymore. And I've stood in the middle of that and tried to mediate that and me trying to make them understand you're going to hell over something ain't worth five dollars. What's wrong with you? You shouldn't say stuff. Somebody needs to. Amen. There's real spiritual things going on that we need to deal with. Can you say amen? Oh, let me hurry. I can get through this. So, amen. And Jesus said to him, said, he said, are you a king? And Jesus said, you say I am. This is what I was born for. For this cause I came into the world. Hear me. I want you to turn around and look at somebody beside you and say, this is what I was born for. I mean, this is what Jesus said in this that got me. This is what I was born for. I was not born again into the kingdom of God to be a, a little something or other that the devil can slap around and push around and jerk me around anytime he wants to. I'm going to tell you something. He messed with me. I'll poke him right in the eye. You know. Old Dallas Alexander and Dinky Payne, they're, they're both in heaven now. But years ago, they, they used to both sing country music and they'd get on the, the radio and sing in Richmond. And then they both got saved and they were singers, you know. And, and uh, they, they would go up on the, <laughs> to the radio on, on, like I think, Saturday or Sunday afternoon and do a live radio program. And uh, they didn't know many Christians all night. I'm going to move on. I start to tell something. I might as well. I've got you curious. And they said, they, they, they went up to the radio station in Dallas, told me this, said, Brother Dink, Brother Payne got up there. He said he was wanting to sing a song for his mama. And uh, he said he started singing, I didn't know God made honky-tonk angels. <laughs> wrong song, wrong place, can you say, man? And his mother was about to wear him out. But a time after that, they had... Dallas had got filled with the Holy Ghost. And Brother Payne, I don't know if he had yet or not, but he, he had smoked for years, and, and he is trying to quit smoking. And they, Dallas said, we'd been to the radio station, said we was driving down the street, and said, Dallas, uh, said uh, Brother Dink was sitting over there. This was Philip's brother, older brother. He was, he was one that helped us so much when we got saved. And uh, he said, they was riding down the street, and said, Brother Payne was sitting over there, and said, all of a sudden, said he went, mm. And Dallas said, you had to know Dallas. He, he talked like this. He said, Brother, brother Payne, what, what are you doing? He said, that devil's trying to make me smoke a cigarette. And said, I just poked him right in the eyes. <laughs> you got to understand, this God has brought us to the, to the kingdom. Jesus said, for this reason, never forget God has a plan for you. Listen, God saved you for a purpose. He, he filled you with the Holy Ghost for a purpose. He anointed you for a purpose. Not just so you could come to every conference you wanted to go to and get somebody to speak a word over you, but he called you to grow up in the Lord and be a child of God that has weapons to fight with. Yes, we have gifts and we have callings, but we need to use them to fight in the battle for the Lord. Can you say? And so Jesus said, that's why I'm here. Let me go on. Many Christians are defeated. 
because they don't exercise control over their natural responses. The matter of the tongue is discussed in James chapter 3 where he said the tongue's a little member, but it sets the soul on fire. He said you can take a little helm and turn a ship. You can put a bit in a horse's mouth and turn that big powerful beast any way you want to. But it's hard to control the tongue. And that's why I tell people all the time, one guy one time, he said, why do you people think speaking in tongues is important? Because I said, God finally gets control of it. Let that soak in for a minute. It's evidence of being baptized in the Holy Ghost, initial evidence, because it, it shows that he's got control. I've got to hurry. Second thing I want to say is this. We're in the flesh, Paul said in verse number three, but not of the flesh. Although I am in the common condition of human nature, and must live as a human being, I do not war after the flesh. Can I tell you, this is a good fight we're in. Hello? How many knows we're on the right side? We're on the winning side. Jesus is Lord. He's coming back. He's going to take this planet over one day. And we're coming with him. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. One guy told me one time, said he didn't believe in the rapture. I said, I'm sorry. I said, he said, why do you believe in it? I said, well, because one day we're coming back with him to take over this planet at the end of the tribulation. And uh, he said, we're just going to stay here till the end. I said, we can't do that. He said, why? Because I said, we have to come back with him. How are we going to come back with him if we're still down here in this mess? Hello? I said, the church gets raptured and goes to the marriage supper. I said, now, you can stay here in the tribulation if you want to, but I'm going out in the first load. Praise God. I mean, I was born in the night, but not last night. And... So I have a good cause. I have a good captain, can you say amen? Can I go a little farther, Brother Jim? I have great strength at will. I have courage at hand that's available for me if I'll just listen to the voice of God and not to my flesh. I neither fear them nor their master. I will not be drawn to the thought that I have to behave as the world or those who do the antagonizing do. Paul said to the Galatians in Galatians 3 and 3, he said, are you so foolish that having begun in the spirit, are you now going to be tried to be made mature in the flesh? This is how I fight my battles. This is a spiritual battle that we're in. We are spiritual soldiers, can you say amen? It's not by might, Zechariah said, nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. I want to tell you, David got the Holy Ghost. Saul had to give it up because he wouldn't obey God. And little David walked out in that valley of Elah. And you know the story, that giant's out there cursing everybody and everybody's running scared. And David said, is there not a cause? And his brother got mad at him and said, shut up, boy, who's taking care of them sheep? He said, you listen to me. I was taking care of them sheep and a lion came. And a bear came, and I killed him. And this uncircumcised Philistine is standing here blaspheming God, defying the armies of God. You all are cowering back, and, and they took him to Saul, and Saul tried to put all that armor on him. David said, I don't know nothing about that. He went down to the brook, picked up five smooth stones. Somebody asked me one time, said, why did he pick up five smooth stones? I studied it. I found out, because that joker had four brothers at home. And they ended up killing every one of them. Can you say Amen. But five's also the number of grace. I know we like to, you know, we like to spiritualize everything, but I think he was planning on fighting another day. Can you say amen? But David killed that giant. 
And, and, and over and over again, there were times when he came back and they'd burned Ziklag and carried his wife off and, and his own men wanted to stone him. And David encouraged himself. Listen, I've got courage and encouragement. I've got strength. Amen, whenever I want it. I just have to make the choice. Listen to me, devil. Here's what I'm going to do. You've walked on me long enough. Now I'm going to walk on you. Amen. I'm going down to the enemy's camp, and I'm going to take back what he stole from me. That's what David did. I heard, you know, some guy here a while back said they sing that old song, going to the enemy's camp. Man, if they were spiritual, they wouldn't have never lost it. <laughs> what planet he lives on? Hello. David suffered loss, but he regathered, recaptured, can you say? Amen. This is how, I, look at somebody and say, this is how I fight my battles. Amen. Let me, let me go on. The power of spiritual weapons. David said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Prayer is a formidable weapon. Worship is a formidable weapon. How many of you have been feeling down and had all kinds of mess going on and you heard a good Christian song, a good worship song, or a good gospel song, I don't care whatever your flavor is, and you started worshiping, singing with it, raising up your hands, and the next thing you know, praise God, you're shouting amen. I wish you could have been in the car with me and Sister Moody and Clyde by way of a Bluetooth on the radio. Can you say amen over the phone? We're going up I-75. Welcome, hallelujah. Glory to God, they're shouting. Are you with? What was going on? We have have within our grasp spiritual weapons. Amen. If there's a devil within five miles of us, he went south. Or east or west or somewhere. He got off I-75. Can you say amen? The power of our spiritual weapons for the weapons of our warfare, the means by which we hope to achieve our victory. I want to say it again. They're the weapons of our warfare. You can Wine, God won't even give you any cheese with that wine. I know that's not spiritual, but I meant to say it. You can sit around and whine and blubber, and point fingers. I preached a message here a while back, who's to blame anyway? I, I, listen, the devil is our enemy. I, I got to quit. I, I told you I feel like preaching tonight. And... They're the means by which we hope to achieve our victory. They're not carnal. They're not of the flesh. Not such as men of the world would use. They're not such as employed by conquerors. Amen. Nor are they such as men in general rely on for the advance of their cause. We do not depend on eloquence or talent or learning or wealth or beauty. Ooh, I'm glad. My head looks like it's wore out two bodies. I'd be in trouble if I had to depend on beauty. Can you say me? What are you laughing at? <laughs> or on any of the external aids by which men depend. They are not such as derive advantage from any inherent power inherited in themselves. The strength of our weapons comes from God alone. Amen. And the armor he clothes us with. We can put it on and have him done all to stand. We can stand and wait on God. Amen. How many had the strength to wait on God before? Amen. He's good. He's good. I'm going to try to finish Brother Nick here in just a moment. Paul said this in Ephesians 6.10. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord 
and in the power of his might. And then he said, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we're not wrestling against the flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt and having on the armor. You see, there's a saying that I've almost made my motto over the years. I've said it, you've heard me say it probably a hundred times. I say it real often. It doesn't matter what happens to you. If somebody beats you out of money, if somebody slaps you in the face, if somebody comes along and tempts you or, or lures you and you fall into something you shouldn't have, you drink something you shouldn't have drank, you go somewhere you shouldn't have went. Now that happened, you know, kind of like when that old monkey hit that lion in the head on Lion King and he said it hurt and he said it's in the past. In reality, what happens today, tomorrow is behind me. Five minutes from now is behind me. But what really matters is how I respond to it. How will I fight my way out of this? Husbands, wives, listen to me. Sometimes in anger, you know, we say things to each other that are not true. Well, you've never cared about me. You know that's a lie right out of the pit of hell. Uh, you never do anything for me. Really? I mean, I could, I could just, I, I could just keep throwing them out there, and I'll hit you somewhere. Amen. I mean, sometimes stuff happens. We say things, we do things, problems happen, and we go too far with it. That's why the Bible said, not let the sun go down on your wrath. I mean, what does, matter, what does it matter if you live in a nice home and have plenty of money and all in you know, a big, beautiful, king-size bed and all the nice bedroom furniture and everything you want, and when you go to bed, you're laying on one side ready to fall out on the floor, and she's laying on the other side ready to fall out on the floor because you hate each other. Or you're mad at each other. You're angry. Hello? Is this on? You hearing me? Doesn't matter that we fall. What matters is that we made up. And we learn from that not to say what I said before. <laughs> I was reading through Proverbs again the other day. And I got over in Proverbs 29. And it's talking about some things that are never satisfied. You know, a grave and all kind of an empty stomach and all kinds of things. And, and right in the middle of that, it says something about a hateful woman. And I said, Whew, what about a hateful man? Are you with me? Sometimes we get hateful, don't we? We need to learn to bridle that tongue and realize who that is you're talking to. Are you with me? These are weapons I'm talking about. And Matthew 5.44, Jesus said this. I got to say this before I read this. I don't really have any enemies in the flesh. Now these people don't like me. 
There's people talked about me. There's people ran me down. But they're not really my enemy unless I let them be. Are you with me? Listen, he said, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you. Peter said in 1 Peter 2.20, What glory is it when you are buffeted for your faults? You shall take it patiently. But if you, when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently. This is acceptable to God. In other words, if I deserve it, lay it on me. If I don't deserve it, I will we'll rise up. But he said, but if you're doing it for God, it's acceptable. For you were called. He's in verse 21, Peter said, For hereunto are you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. You know what the greatest privilege as a Christian is? Does anybody know? The greatest Christian privilege, Paul said, is to suffer with Jesus. Now that's not popular preaching. I think Sunday I'm going to preach on the blessings of suffering. Probably hard to keep the crowd, can you say amen? But Paul said if we suffer with him, are you ready? We'll reign with him. If I'm just looking for everything to be sweet and nice and make me happy all the time, I'm probably going to end up way down here somewhere in the government of God. But if I can suffer with him, Amen. He did no sin, neither was any guile, bitterness found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but he committed himself to him that judges righteously, who his own self bore, bore our own sins in his own body on that tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you're healed. Sister Moody, could you come up here a minute? Walk up here with me. I want you up here beside us. You were a sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd, the bishop of your souls. For thine enemy hungry, if your enemy, if your enemy hungers, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, Amen. If you do this, come on, dear baby, you'll heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. December be 50 years of marriage. And I, I can go to some churches and say that and everybody will clap. Ooh, that's wonderful. And it is. If I had to do it 50 more years, I want to do it with her. If I'd started over, I'd do it with the same person. These women. I, I'm doing this to make a point. People see us and think we're the perfect couple. But there's been times that she didn't like me. It can be honest, there's times I didn't like her. There's been some times in those years past that I wondered if she'd be at the house when I got back. You hear me? I'm, I'm, and I'm not trying to embarrass her or make you think that we've been knocked down, dragged out. You can ask our kids how we lived. We love each other. But I'm here to tell you that in the midst of all that 50 years of love, there's also been some struggles and some battles and some hard 
times and some misunderstandings and some days that I looked at her and said, you never do nothing for me. And days that she looked at me and said, you don't care about me. But we knew that's not true. You hear me? This ring says we're in covenant together. And we said till death do us part. And we love each other. So how do you make it? This is how I fight my battles. This is how we make it. Can you say amen? We're so close to the coming of the Lord. I refuse to let the enemy knock us down now. You hear me? And so are you. I, you, you may not be gray-headed and you know and wrinkled like I am, but we don't know that Jesus might not come before we get out of this room tonight. So I'm near home than I've ever been, and I refuse to give in to the battle, but the weapons of my warfare. I'm thinking about a time, baby. I'll let you go thinking about a time when we were living out on Four Mile Road and we had started the house of prayer and we were suffering, struggling I was working in a factory the old house we had lived in didn't have air conditioning and I was working third shift at night pastoring a church and I preached on a Sunday morning and I tried to lay down and take a nap that afternoon because after church Sunday night I had to go over to Lexington and go to work and work till the next morning we had no air conditioning. I was restless trying to sleep. And I woke up and she was standing on my bed with a big piece of cardboard fanning me. You understand what I'm saying? This is how we fight our battles. God's real, can you say amen? But it's in that same house. Somebody broke in one night. We was going to church robbed us, stole a lot of our stuff. That night before church, me and the girls was getting ready and she was sick. She said, I've got a terrible headache. I'm sick. And she never missed church, but she said, I think I'll stay home tonight. And she almost stayed there. But just before church time, she got up. I seen her running around. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm not staying home. I'm going to church. Sick. Didn't feel good. She'd have stayed there that night, been laying in that bed or on that couch when they crawled through that back window. They'd have come in on her. You understand? She said something just stirred her. Get up. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we make it. Can you say amen? And so for 50 years, almost, well, two years before that, we, we dated. So we've done almost 50 years of marriage. And we've always said, ain't neither one of us going to die. We're going in the rapture together. Can you say amen? That's how we made it. Stand with me, would you? Thank you. Thank you. Stand with me. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for victory. There have been days I didn't feel like getting up. There have been days I didn't feel like preaching. 
There have been days I didn't feel like going to that church to talk to that couple about their struggles because I was having one myself. There have been days that I didn't want to face my responsibility with that ministerial association and deal with some preachers that I thought was half backslid at that moment. But this is how I fight my battles. It's not about how I feel. It's about what I've got. How many glad you got something? Amen. When I was a young pastor, I got I got a hush, but I was a young pastor at another church, not this church. And I, man, we was having a move of God. Things the church was booming. A girl come to me from the church, a young woman. She walked right up to me one day in the sanctuary and said, Pastor, I'm quitting. She'd been teaching a class. I was way quitting for her. She said, I feel like I've backslid. She said, I can't feel nothing. I'm not getting nothing. I don't when I pray, nothing's happening. She said, I'm just gonna quit. I said, Well, go on. I said, matter of fact, just go on back out to the bars and start drinking. Go find you a man, have you an affair. Just go on. She's looked at me like y'all are looking at me. Marriage counseling was my specialty back then. I, was, I said, just go on. I'll never forget it. She left a while. She got aggravated with me. She said, well, I can't. I said, why not? She said, there's something in here that won't let me. I said, honey, you not backslid. That seed's still in there. That spirit's still in there. That's what's stopping you from doing what I said. I said, you just pray on through it and you'll be all right. You know what? In a few days, she was fine. This is how I fight my battles. Lord, we love you. This battle's real. The enemy's real. He's formidable. He comes not but for to kill and steal and destroy. He wants our child to be the one dying overdosed. He wants our marriage to be the one busted up. He wants me to get sick and die with cancer. But I'm fighting the battle. I'm on the right side. And I've got the right weapons. And I've got the anointing of God that destroys the yokes. So this is how I fight my battles. Lord, I want you to touch every heart in this place and convince every believer in this place you're more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I want you to convince every couple in this house one day we'll be 50 years married or 60 or 70 or whatever, however long God gives us and we'll sit on that porch and look back and say, we've made it by this. This is how I fight my battles. Amen. Hallelujah. Now listen to me. Some of you have been casualties of the war. Some of you have suffered things that wasn't your fault. You couldn't help it. But you're still standing. Can I get a witness? God ain't done with you yet. God's still moving. Can you say amen? He's still moving. I want to give you a time to come. And I know I've preached too long. I want you in this altar tonight. And I want you to just look up and say, God, I've made my mind up. This is how I'm going to fight my battle. Will you do it? I'm going to make it. Come on. If you need strength, I'm going to make it. If you need victory, I'm going to make it. If you're tired of the enemy hitting you, I'm going to make it. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles.
That's how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. I need this to, is how I fight. I need to say this right here. Sunday morning, Chester and Lisa's son came to the altar and got saved. And I just, there a moment ago, I just felt, if you're here, maybe you're already in the altar, you're here tonight, and you're not where you should be with God, or you've drifted away, or you're in trouble, I'm here to tell you that at the cross, there's victory over sin, and it's instant. All you have to do is come to the cross. Last weekend, a man in the hospital that was an atheist had been on life support. And in an instant, the blood of Jesus saved that man's soul. He's that kind of God. So if you're here tonight and you need the Lord to save you or you need to rededicate your life to Him, just do this now. Just pray this right now and say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for, if you've never been saved, say for the way I've lived. Maybe you're a Christian and you've just kind of got in trouble. Say, Lord, I'm sorry that I kind of missed the mark here for a while. And I repent and I turn my life over to you. And I let the blood of your cross wash me clean. And right now, I believe it, I accept it. I'm saved and free in the name of Jesus. It's that simple. Just pray that. Lord, save me. It's that simple. Lord, restore me. It's that simple. God will do it. Go ahead, Nick. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded. Like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. And this is how I fight my battles. 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 It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. And this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. 
enjoyed this message today. Our church is located off Barnes Mill Road at 330 Muleshed Lane, Richmond, Kentucky. We have two services on Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Our 11 a.m. service is live streamed on Facebook. Children's church services are also available at the 11 a.m. service. On Wednesday, we have kids ministry beginning at 6.30 p.m. with adult services held at 7 p.m. in the sanctuary. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Have a blessed day.